Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. Today's episode is compassion versus empathy. These are two words you've no doubt heard before. You've probably experienced it or performed it yourself. There is a difference between the two words, though, so I thought I would dive in a little bit to the meaning of both and see if maybe some examples can help us really understand the difference between compassion and empathy. Let's begin. Compassion, as defined by Oxford Dictionary, is sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. But I've learned through various sources over time that compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion researchers, it is defined as the feeling or desire that arises when you're confronted with another person's suffering and then feel motivated to relieve the suffering. Compassion is not the same as empathy, though the concepts are related. If someone shows kindness, caring, and a willingness to help others, they are showing compassion. Empathy also includes kindness and caring with the ability to sense other people's emotions, along with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling from their perspective. Empathy can also be broken down into types. Emotional empathy is feeling something because someone else is feeling something, such as crying during the sad. If you find yourself in the other person's shoes or can understand their pain or emotion while someone is sharing an experience or story, that is cognitive empathy. Cognitive empathy involves thinking rather than feeling emotions when you can relate to or understand the experience of the other person. I'm going to break this down a little bit more. These are definitions that are coming from researchers and other social scientists and psychologists. And so I'm going to put the links in the show notes. I'm doing my best to encapsulate it here for you. But please understand that some of this is uh, material that I have gleaned from the internet and some of my old textbooks. All right, so moving on. Both empathy and compassion are valuable when having the end-of-life conversations or those talks we must have before we lose our opportunity. But you might notice that compassion involves another layer. That is the desire to act. You sit with a person, hear their story about a long-lost sibling, for example, and in your compassion, you might attempt to locate the estranged sibling and orchestrate a phone call or a reunion. While as with empathy, you may actually feel their loss or their grief or maybe disappointment or sadness at the estrangement. Does that mean people who are empathetic don't show compassion? Not necessarily. The same is true with compassion. In our compassion, we may have the desire to act, but desire may not actually become action. Compassionate empathy is any kind of empathy that leads to action. When you see someone in need and offer assistance, such as a ride for someone whose car is broken down, that is compassionate empathy. You can relate to the frustration and annoyance of not having a working vehicle, so much so that you feel compelled to act and you offer them a ride. Consider this scenario. I see a person on the street corner holding a sign asking for help with gas money or food and the sign may mention that the person has just lost a job or 
their home. I cannot relate to homelessness because I have never been homeless. I can, however, feel empathy for the person there, imagining their skin burning from the hot sun or their body shivering and becoming wet in the rain or being so cold outside in winter. I may have compassion on the person and want to donate to their cause, but I keep driving by, hoping they receive some help without giving any money myself. I'm not saying it's wrong to keep driving without donating. But in this illustration of empathy versus compassion, I believe it helped me see the differences, where the empathetic person may feel palpably the suffering of the person standing on the corner, the loss that that person has experienced. But they don't have the desire to act, while the compassionate person would have the desire to act, even if they don't actually do it. So neither empathy nor compassion alone is wrong. I want to make sure and make that clear. Sometimes we can't relate to another's pain, and sometimes we have no way to act on our desire to help. For example, going back to our street corner, what if the light changes before you can get your money to that person? I still have compassion for their suffering. Honestly, I know of folks who would find a way to park their car, turn around, do whatever it would take to get money to that person. Their tenacity to help impresses me greatly, and it could play a role in the future for me to help someone in need. So having compassion does not mean you have to empathize. That means to really feel what the other person is feeling or relate to what the other person is feeling. Some people's pain is too burdensome for me to carry. But the idea of compassion is acting in kindness toward a person or people. So I think that goes back to this thinking idea where you logically understand that that person is suffering because they're telling you that. You're not necessarily feeling the suffering, but you still respond in a kind or caring or compassionate way. When a person is describing a fear of theirs, we can attempt to ease their discomfort without feeling the fear ourselves, is another example. When a loved one's dream trip can no longer be taken, we can empathize by sharing the sadness or disappointment and loss, whereas compassion allows us to acknowledge how disappointing and sad it was to lose the cruise money and then have the desire to maybe put together a photo collection that we get from the internet of all the places that the cruise would have visited and then share that with the person or post it on their bedroom wall or in their home somewhere so they can admire it whenever they want. We can remain emotionally separate from that experience, but still have the desire to encourage the person. So there's this movie called The Bucket List, where the two main characters tackle the bucket list of the one character who's dying from cancer, and then they both live out the experiences together. I see that as an exercise of compassion. Although I might want to do everything I can to bring the long-desired bucket list to completion for someone I love, that may actually be an impossible task. And that can be frustrating for someone who's a fixer or who has that affinity towards compassionate empathy. The gift of listening is still being given. 
however frustrating that might be for the listener to not be able to fix or help the situation. So I imagine empathy in this, I don't know, I guess I'll call it my last example, as sitting in the pain pool with a person, feeling everything the person feels. I imagine compassion as standing outside the pool, taking note and acknowledging their pain and walking around the pool looking for a way to comfort the person without getting into the pool with them. Empathic listening is a valuable tool when having tough conversations. And last time, I mentioned that we shouldn't try to fix whatever the person is relating to us, but we should listen intently and express empathy. How many of us can put ourselves in the shoes of someone dying from a horribly painful disease or from suffering after a debilitating accident or stroke? Let's consider empathy burnout. This is when individuals spend so much of their emotional strength relating deeply to the problems and stress of others that they forget to care for themselves or they take on the problems and stress as their own, kind of like carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Let's think back to the medical teams during COVID-19 or those working in hospice or at skilled nursing facilities. The statistics of empathy burnout and compassion fatigue were staggering during the height of the pandemic when staffing shortages and lack of supplies were a constant problem, not to mention the multitude of lives that had been lost. And this left smaller crews to handle a larger burden to the point that so many nurses and doctors were leaving their professions in droves. And, you know, back when I was in college, I remember reviewing a study about nurses working in skilled nursing facilities. This was way before hospice was widely known. In those facilities, the suicide rate and turnover rate was quite high, much more so compared to their counterparts working in hospitals and clinics. Empathy fatigue is another concept which occurs when one's own wounds are re-triggered by the circumstances, trauma, and pain of others, leading to be less able to continue to offer support. This is also where I believe the term self-care really became popular because people were realizing this was happening and they remembered that we must care for ourselves by getting enough sleep, eating properly, exercising, taking some breaks, especially if we're caring for someone we love as the emotional pain may rise steadily as the extent of caring increases. When we take on the emotions or trauma of others is when we begin to move toward empathy fatigue. We may develop avoidance behaviors where we want to separate ourselves from a painful situation because we have enmeshed ourselves with the pain of the other person. While empathy is feeling the emotion with the person, compassion is feeling for the suffering of the person. That doesn't mean we don't tire from being compassionate. If compassion leads us to doing so much that we aren't caring for our own physical and emotional needs, spending too much time or money, for example, it could also lead to weariness and exhaustion. Recently, I read an article from a veterinarian who explained empathy as the first step in building social connection. I love that because that's that relation, that's that, well, social connection, right? Feeling the other person's pain or situation. 
This veterinarian explained that you feel with the other person when you're having empathy, but you don't confuse yourself with the other person. Meaning you know that the emotion you are resonating with actually belongs to the other person. This vet's name is Trisha Dowling, and she went on to describe the many euthanasia procedures she had performed in 30 years in her career. She explained that while she could express her knowledge of how the animal's people may have been feeling during that emotional time, such as by saying, I know how you feel, she thought this was her way of honoring the grief of the pet's family without making the grief her own. In other words, she felt their sadness, but not their grief. I believe that I am more of a compassionate person. Often I want to do something rather than be with someone who's hurting. I'm a fixer, a solution finder, a work through it kind of personality. I've come to appreciate and also not appreciate my compassionate side. Sometimes people just want to be heard. Am I really present and hearing fully if I'm inside my head looking for solutions or pat answers to their pain? Not likely. Am I truly serving the person if I'm not present? Nope. I'm grateful that while I'm capable of feeling sadness, pain, and grief, I'm able to look at the troubles of the world and the troubles of those I love and feel the emotions without carrying the burden of these emotions or feelings. For me, that makes me able to keep showing up time and time and time again in their suffering to hopefully lighten their load, even if it's only for a short while. Do I want to do more, be there more? Not always. Is that wrong? I don't believe it is. In order for me to continue to show up for those people I love, I must carve out time to replenish my heart and energy so that I can give when I am with them and still be able to live my life and give to my other needs, my work, school, whatever it might be. My hope is that when I am the one in the bed, my loved ones will do the same for me and not wear themselves out with empathy fatigue or compassion burnout. I hope you found this helpful, making the distinction between empathy and compassion. The bottom line for today is this. In listening, there is a place for empathy and a feeling or relating to someone's emotional pain or situation and may not be a place for trying to fix or change the situation, but instead taking on that heart with ears and just being with the person. If action is necessary, Hopefully your desire to act will become action. I'm thankful you listened today. Please visit my website and drop me a question or a topic for future discussion. Also, in the show notes, you'll find any reference materials such as names or book titles that I discussed in this podcast. Until next time, folks, take care.